Calling all you gamers out there, let's talk about video games this week on Kingdom Speak. What? Are you serious? Yes. We are welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop and a very special guest. Yes, welcome in everyone. How's it going? It's mm. Friday. It's Friday. It's always a good again. Friday. Yeah. It's not it Friday, like but it really live, is. We live on in Friday. the permanent state yeah. of Friday. Yeah. Some people live paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> yes. We live Friday to yeah. Friday. Some it, it, it but the, mm. the, the, the benefit of always living in Friday is you never have a Monday. Oh no, that's right. Yeah. We're against Mondays. So and uh who knew that we were going to tackle the topic of video games today? We're going there. And uh, yeah, I, I you guys all into Minecraft? Man, I love me a good video game. Super Mario. I was just going to say, we're about to show our age. We're going to date ourselves. Digger Digwillow. Right. Hey. Digger Digger Digwillow. Crystal Caves. Yeah. <laughs> Crystal. Crystal Caves. Sim City. Yeah, but Crystal Caves. Look up Crystal Caves for me and get me a date <laughs> on that. That's, I want to say. Listen, we're, this, is becoming, this is becoming a habit on this show. Yeah, we got to Google we'll it. Go. Last, last show, we went like Fulham Ranger Bill. Brother Morgan, yeah. Do you know who Ranger Bill is? You ever heard of the radio show, um, Ranger Bill? I, yeah, I've heard of it. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Good. There's one. Hey, how good. about Donkey Kong? Donkey Kong. Yeah, no, I no. no. Mar- Mario Kart. That's uh, before the, that. Just, that's before that. Donkey Kong. No. Okay, for now, our audience. Now he's throwing some dates. Okay, what do we got? Crystal Caves <laughs> was 1991. Yes! Uh, Crystal Caves. Crystal Caves. Poor, that know. was on a Tandy 1000 computer that my dad had. Tandy really? 1000 computer. Tandy 1000. Oh, whatever. Randy. Yeah. You remember the uh, giant, what are they, like five and a quarter inch floppies? Yes. Oh, yeah. Crystal oh, yeah, Caves is sure. on one of them. You put it in, you flip the... The the little thing down so the computer mm-hmm. wouldn't spit it out in your face and hurt you or the something. Tandy one thousand come out in nineteen eighty four. Yeah, boy oh boy. Anyways, wow. Uh, before we get into the show, we have to read a review. This is what we do, right? So let's All not right. get off the script, All guys. Right. <clears throat> the best Christian podcast available. Five stars. This comes from Apple Podcast US. It says, "Hello from Brewer, Maine." Whoa, I have been listening to every episode since the end of 2022, and I look forward to everyone. I'm on the road a lot for work, and it's great being spiritually uplifted while working. You gentlemen do a great job, and I can speak for many others in my church that you are greatly appreciated. And that's from Bubby. One two nine eight seven. Bro, so he's a great guy. Man, we love Bubby. We love Bubby, brother Bubby. God bless him. Let's say amen to Bubby. Huh? Bubby. <laughs> amen. Amen. Listen, hallelujah. If that turns out to be Pastor Wade Town, oh, I hope it is. Just flying Bubby. under at Bubby. <laughs> One two eight nine. We love you, Bubby. So to our guest. When you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, it actually puts your Apple ID in as the user. So we have a great time just reading these reviews out and then outing these people with their usernames, which can be extremely humbling to them, So, <laughs> yeah. which is why we do it. It's great. Especially, especially when our co-host 
mm. butchers. Yeah. Even if it was like King David, <laughs> it would come out somehow like King David or something like that. Like yeah. it would be. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Phonetics. He's, he's wearing some pretty nice, uh, pretty hey, nice attire today. Did you guys know Kingdom Speak has merch? <laughs> I knew. You. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for the segue. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't mm-hmm. been to KingdomSpeak.ca yet, um, new merch is coming at the end of the year, and it would be a great time to load up. So yeah, I just felt the need today to represent Good. the kingdom. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-mm-mm. So how do we get here? How? I mean, obviously, you. You and I both know, and producer Randy knows our guest very well. But yes. I did not know he produced a book. How did I miss that? You know, he's produced more than one, actually. Wow. Yeah. This guy's yeah. an author. Yes. How cool is that? Yes. So we are delighted today to have Pastor Harlan Morgan digitally in the house. Digitally. Digitally in the house. Remotely in the house. Yeah. Are, are Thank you. you. Are you coming to us from your man cave, or I see he, he he blurred the background because he does yeah. not want it to be identified. Where he's <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's in Canada right now. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. I may walk in at any moment. That's that would it. Be awesome. That's it. <laughs> Man, we're glad to have you with us today. Thank you. So good to be here. Yes, for anybody in our audience that. Uh, does not know mm-hmm. Pastor Morgan, and he and I have this long-standing thing. Whenever we meet at a conference, he's always introducing me to someone and helping uh, expand my network. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we <laughs> this just, just trying to be a blessing. This just literally happened yeah. just a couple of days ago. <laughs> Love it. So we're, we're that'll re- be the last time. That'll be the last no, time. Oh no! You're just gonna have to paddle feel, your own. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like there's a good story here. Yeah, d- yeah. <laughs> you, you, you can share it. It's just us. <laughs> Me share it. Yeah, I can share it. So you know, I like to connect people, mm-hmm. and I figure Brother McKillop is off there in Canada all alone, mm-hmm. away from people. Right. He is, yeah. And, uh, so, you know, I want to help expand his ministry. So anytime <laughs> I get an opportunity, I'll introduce him to somebody. But And he always acts like he doesn't know him. <laughs> and, uh, that's awesome. Out he's known them longer than he's known me. He's <laughs> oh, that's the last time. <laughs> Never doing that again. <laughs> that's it. Uh, Paddle his own canoe. Yeah, yeah there we right. go. Hey, that's it. That's what Canucks do. Mm-hmm. They canoe. So, but in the event that um, there may be somebody, and it's probably not very likely, but that is listening and does not know, Pastor Harlan Morgan is the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Sulphur, Louisiana. I've had the privilege of being uh, with them a number of times. Great, great mm-hmm. church, a great leader. Um, been hey, there 11 the, years. Where is the spot you took us for lunch and I got to eat some alligator bites? It was right by oh, the highway. Right by the, right by right the interstate. By the, right by the interstate. It's almost by the Probably. hotel that you put me up at. Probably La Blue's Landing. That's it. Yeah, That's it. man, that, that was some it. good stuff. La Blue's Landing. Go check them out. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Solid yeah. Southern good food. Yep. So 
been there 11 years prior to pastoring, was an evangelist, and that's where I guess we would have made our connection. Uh, we were blessed by the ministry of Pastor Morgan and his family. Um, man, was it was shortly before you accepted the, the the church there in Sulphur, wasn't it? I think it was 2011. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, was, if you remember, that was a very uh, powerful time. Yes. Um, you had a tornado while we were there. Uh, yeah, he introduced. He introduced her. And since you've been, they, they come frequently now. Oh, really? Well, I say frequently, but we've we had, had another we've one had last a few. year. We've had a few. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. want to be a blessing. That, I appreciate that. You're old, be yeah. remember, you'll be remembered for something in life, right? Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> and we had good church, too. We did. <laughs> Boy, did the wind ever blow. My, my. <laughs> no, it truly was a blessing, and that was treasured memories. And we're overdue yes. for a visit, by the way. So um, next time you come see us, we can do this in person. There you go. But yes. um, it was a number of months ago and you can you can maybe correct me and help me uh, exactly how long that you reached out and um, gave me a an, an opportunity to chapter by chapter watch the book that I'm now holding unfold. And if you have not um, heard of this book, this is what we are going to talk about today. Life is not a video game. Mm -hmm. Essential attributes for kingdom excellence. Uh, Brother Mar uh, Morgan wrote this book targeting young people, but I can tell you, it's really it, it's something that that everybody everybody would benefit from. So he reached out to me, and I had a privilege of I'm, I'm going to say basically chapter by chapter, you would send out. Uh, and, and I got to read this book as it was unfolding. And it it's it's just an incredible resource. And so we wanted to bring you on uh, to highlight the book and to talk a little bit more about it today. So first of all, thank you for what you've done. It's a privilege. And thank you for reading through it early. And those would have been like first drafts that yes. you got. Yes. And um and thank you for your input through the process as well. Well, I'm, I'm very interested in and in, in part of one of the um, objectives of Kingdom Speak has been to encourage apostolic uh, creation of content mm -hmm. in whatever capacity. Um, and I think that there's no greater, honestly, than authoring books. Th those are, are timeless elements that are transgenerational. They 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 last. So um, I would be very interested personally in knowing a bit more because this is not your first book, right? That's correct. Yes, sir. This How many? Fourth. Woo! Come on. Okay. So what what's the first three? Okay. So the first is called "A Walk in the Morning." Yes. And uh, it was published in two thousand and ten. Okay. And when I pastored in Atmore, Alabama, I wrote a weekly column for the, the newspaper. Mm -hmm. And then this is a compilation of 60 of those columns. So it reads like a, like a devotional, mm -hmm. no two chapters, you know, necessarily connect, Okay, but it's just something good for folks to have to, mm -hmm. 
maybe read a short chapter over a cup of coffee in the morning. And then that was 2010. And uh, 2019, my dad, uh, I don't know if you can see that, Walter Morgan. Okay. uh, He passed away in 2017. The last probably two and a half years of his life, he spent writing his life story. Oh, wow. So for a year and a half after he died, my mother, my oldest sister, and myself worked at publishing, getting that readable. He was a church planner. He was a, um, he called himself a tent maker before he was a preacher, helping establish churches in the Northwest and different places. That book reads like a novel, really. It's over 400 pages. It's called Roads We've Traveled. Wow. And then in 2020, I wrote The Path, which is a short seven-chapter book. And it's how to get on the path living for God and then the things you encounter on the path. Wow. A lot of people say it's good for new converts. So sure. Um, and then the current one. So yes, sir. Very nice. The um a question that I would have would be more maybe more technical. How how do you go about because I mean you you your first one's 2010, we're in 2023. So full-time ministry, pastoring, evangelizing, preaching around the country. Um, how do you, how, how does Harlan Morgan approach the uh, task of writing a book and, and break that down into a manageable, um, accomplished vision, not just a dream that you had? Sure. Well, with Life is Not a Video Game, I actually started making the first notes on this book when we were evangelizing 2010 through 2012. Mm-hmm. And then I tucked it away. Um, I felt, and and actually it was going to be called something different, um, Essential Truths to Learning Your Youth or something to that effect. And I made some notes, got some feedback from some men, but then I just took that away. But the beginning of this year, I just felt like it was time to pull it out. And it really had the oomph as I was writing. If there's no better way to say it than that, you know, and, uh, but what I will do if I'm working on such a project, I'll set my alarm for an hour and a half earlier than usual. And you don't have to ask me what time that would be, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) I'll just get up and before I start my day, I'll go in my study, which is where I am right now. And I'll work just specifically, no noise, no, nobody else moving about, you know, I can really focus. Mm-hmm. And then that'll be probably all I do for that day. And then I'll hit it again the next morning. And okay. um, probably not um, uh, accurate in my way of doing this. I just, the way things, but it, but it works for me. You know, things will be right. simmering in my mind that I'll go about my daily task and whatever. And then the notes, I looked for a sheet of my notes today. I was just going to hold it up and show you. Nobody else would be able to read it, but I, it worked for me. Right. So I'm not probably the typical pattern one should follow to do this, but that's that's how it works well, in my world. That's, that's um, have, have you, I guess the book that you wrote that was more of a narrative, you know, like a novel, your dad's, there'd be a lot of interconnectivity chapter to chapter. Even even with these, kind of like your compilation of the material that you wrote for your first book, 
I can even see in this book there being beginnings and endings, conclusions, chapter by chapter. Mm-hmm. Do, do you do you feel like um, because that that's something that I would see if you're developing an entire book where chapter one has to intricately mm-hmm. mess with chapter two and tie into chapter seven and tie right there there would be maybe a bit of a of a unique approach to making sure you don't lose all of those tributaries yes. that are contributing to this sure yes so absolutely and i tried to use the theme of video game while this is not an quote unquote anti video game book right i i tried to um and i saw um happiness on the face of the uh, co-host there <laughs> with that comment. <laughs> I'm off the hook. Tried to... I'm off the hook. <laughs> Boy, that was close. We, weave that through. Um, if I can say this concerning writing, of course, my background is English. My degree is in English education. I was certified to teach middle school or high school English. Mm-hmm. I've always had a love for writing. Um, but Charles Grisham made a statement years ago. And he said, every person should do three things every day. And that is touch God every day, touch someone else every day, and touch a project that will outlive oh, you that's good. every day. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And uh, so I've tried years ago to, to apply that. And, mm. you know, a book, and that's why I don't just do it digitally, because you hold this yes. and it can be passed down. You know, yes, I agree. And passed on. I and agree. so to effect. So you've already spoke briefly to this, but I, I want to go uh, down real quickly, just down your contents. Um, because to, to me, you you were very successful in covering so many of, of the foundational elements of of what it takes to develop a walk with God. So you cover promoting progress through prayer in chapter one, learn to listen and listen to learn. So good. Spirit and truth worship in chapter three, study to show thyself approved in chapter four, recognizing the voice of God, chapter five, Chapter 6, Developing Pastoral Relationship. Chapter 7, Respect and Respectability. Chapter 8, Preserving Purity. Chapter 9, Financial Discipline. Chapter 10, Forging Faithfulness. Chapter 11, Purposeful Joy. Chapter 12, Personal Preparation for Profitability. That's pretty well it. A lot of stuff Um, there. Yeah. Yeah. So you 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 kind of touched this already, but but unpack a little bit more what drove you to to really do this. You said you were you were evangelizing and had written some some notes. Is it a glaring um, weakness that you saw, a, a lack of understanding that that you compelled know, you to write this? On on the third page of the book, if you if someone just had five seconds to read on the third page of the book. It yes. really would put the entire book in perspective. The quote. And that is, yes. 
Yeah, do, do not, not forfeit. forfeit. Go ahead. Do not forfeit the possibilities of your future by neglecting the opportunities of your youth. That is so wow. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So my point in this entire book is um, we have youth in our world, in the, in the apostolic movement mm -hmm. who have such potential to do what we are called to do. Yes. What the purpose of the church is. Right. Right. But yet there's so much that's being that so much of that potential that appears to be being wasted with frivolous things. I, I'm not saying at all, no, I'm not even suggesting that young people should be miniature adults. Yeah. They, you know, there's so many variables there. Right. But what I am saying is that young people um, should enjoy the years of their youthfulness responsibly. Yes. And in their youth, while they're enjoying it, investing and preparing for kingdom labor. And when it's time for them to launch, they're ready to go. So just say it. 2021, whatever the age is, everybody's different. And it's time to go out and really be involved in a greater level right. in the kingdom of God. You're not now scrambling to figure out what I'm supposed to do because I am the number one uh, uh, player on my network of friends on this video game, or I have all of these exactly. uh, social media followers or exactly. whatever. And this is what my life has become. But instead I have applied and learned these attributes and applied them to my own life. Now I'm ready to work for God. I'm what 20 years old, 21, mm. whatever it is, 19, mm. and I'm ready to go. So investing this time, and I wanted to put it in the hands. I've got a, a picture. I should have sent it to you and you could have perhaps showed it, but there's a 12 year old boy that I have not met. Um, his sister is a friend of my daughter's, but I've not met the boy. He's 12 years old. I have a picture of him laying on his couch with my book. His sister said he's read it four times. Oh, wow. So that tells me something yes. about his desire. And if this can get in the hands of young people like that, yes. or any young people, it would trigger them to prepare their lives because there's a great work to be done. Mm -hmm. There is a great, yeah, and and young people with great potential. Well, and I think that that's an often overlooked um, reality that, that young people have, and that is they push down the road. They, they push their potential to make kingdom difference down the road, and they think there's a chronological requirement that until I cross a certain threshold, I'm not usable. So if I'm not usable, I might as well just live life to the fullest and, and live and let live and yep. whatever happens, happens. Mm -hmm. Failing to realize that they're in the formative years of their life. Habits come out of here yep. that develop into lifestyles and tracks that will forever alter their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. you, you don't just flip a switch at... 25 and go, okay, now I'm going to start reading my Bible and developing a prayer life and being faithful to the house of yes. God. Cause now I'm in the, in the, in the 
age bracket where I can make a difference. Yes. And this book is about creating those patterns. Yes. In their youth. We had uh, Brother Taylor Fish with us last night. And he made a statement. Someone asked him, you know, how do you have, I don't remember exactly how I said it, but the fire in the pulpit or the preacher voice or whatever. And he said, he thought about it. And he said, I did not develop that when I started preaching. He said, I found my voice in the prayer room. Wow. That's good. And so you develop these patterns before there's Bishop Odom says it like this. There's always a Gethsemane before there's a Calvary. There's always the private consecration before there's the public display. Mm -hmm. That's what this is really about. Right. And that, and, and brother Morgan, that's, that is what I see. Number one, this book being, and number Mm -hmm. two, even the discussion. So, if if we pull our our young people, which I've 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 personally value them, and view them as our greatest commodity, sure. in the sense of the overall uh, projected path of the future of the church, uh, and in many cases, it, it, they are not the church of tomorrow. They are already the church of today, Absolutely. and that's what you're talking about right now. Is trying to awaken that awareness in them. That you are a mover and a shaker today. This the, you're, today, today, okay. So, but yet, I, I see this book almost as the and 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 material like this, and for sure, the intent is to develop the the skill that a David developed of 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 of. Well, I wonder if I can I can hone my slingshot abilities. I wonder if I can. If I can develop the technique. Now, anybody, if you put them in a vacuum, would say, of course I want to be a giant killer. That's who who doesn't want the sensation of rescuing an entire nation from the threat of an enemy by annihilating a giant? It doesn't start there. Right. It doesn't start there. And so it's these personal moments of consecration and developing how many hours did David spend working the technique, willing to put his life on the line in private before he stepped onto a public stage? Absolutely. And I've got a a quote here that I jotted down. You, You can become what you now admire and the Mm. uh, the best time to start the second best time to start is today yes right best time was yesterday right exactly but it's not too late right yes that is so good you can become what you admire so then you have to you 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 have to make sure that what you're admiring is the right thing (laughs) yes if you move it back right Absolutely. Yes, sir. And, you know, where, where are you developing those patterns? Who uh, are your associations? I didn't write it down, but I had a quote from brother, brother weeks, uh, in the introduction. Let me see if I can find it right quick. Ben weeks, um, should be easy to find here, but he said, um, uh, 
I'm sorry. No problem. Find it. I'm looking too. I just, you know. Okay, here we go. Pastor Ben Weeks emphasized three forces which shape your character. The input you consume, the relationships you pursue, and the habits you acquire. Wow. Hmm. Wow. The input you consume, the relationships you pursue, mm. and the habits you acquire. Yes. yes. I think... We've got to do everything that we can to help our young people establish the proper patterns while they are young, because we, I look back and from the, from the point of 50 years old, which is, I feel like still young. Amen. Well, but, amen. <laughs> but when I look back, my formation was a lot of it. A lot of the things that I allude to in this book, was from ages seven to 12 in home missions mm. in Chinook, Kansas. Things that, things that I think of, just for example, I became the church piano player at age eight because it was a necessity. Sure. Now, I'm not sure that my piano playing has improved <laughs> much since then. <laughs> <laughs> But the point I'm trying to make is those formative times. Mm -hmm. Sure, we've got to we've got to we've got to move um, and impact our young people. You know, the best time was yesterday. Next best is today. Oh. As early in their life as possible to help them to develop the proper patterns. Yes. And the longer I live, um, I'm not going to say the older I get, but the longer I live, the more I recognize that the most important thing, the only thing that matters is the kingdom of God and its work. Oh, yes. Yes. And that's, you, you made you know, a statement the other, uh, just a moment ago that I, I think is, is worthy of um, revisiting just for a minute. God operates <clears throat> in giving patterns. So when, when we're talking about the importance for young people, and that goes to us, us young 44-year-olds, us young 50-year-olds, <sighs> and these kids on the show. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so much of what God does and how he even reveals himself is in pattern form. So if you don't have the patterns right, it's hard to get anything right. You know, he, he gave Moses the pattern for the tabernacle. If you don't have a proper understanding of what he was giving Moses, you think he was just giving him a blueprint for a physical structure. No, he was giving him the pattern of redemption that is going to govern atonement in shadow and type going forward. So what Moses got was the habit of God. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I when I, yes. I I'm I'm mm -hmm. I'm giving you my pattern or my ways that predict how I act. 
So it is so key that if we are going to be disciples and we're trying to raise up generations and exemplify it ourselves, that we develop proper patterns mm-hmm. that exemplify mm-hmm. discipleship. Does that absolutely one hundred percent? And that's what's that's what's driving that's what's driving this. Um, the, the potential established early flourishing, uh, going for it, digging in, you know, and, uh, so can I, can I ask you this about, I, I read a book that was uh, revolutionary to me uh, on atomic, atomic habits. You guys, I know that we've talked about it before. I can't mm-hmm. remember the, the author. Have you heard of the book? I have not. Atomic Habits. So he talks about the development of, of how to form habits and, and how that they're granular in nature. If you make them this big overarching thing, then you'll be intimidated to just form this habit. I, I'm going to form a habit of running a mile a day. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't start by running a mile a day. Mm-hmm. You start by putting running shoes on every day and and going for a walk, and then you, you build into it. One of the things I was reading a, a discussion that was talking about the book, and um, and then I was speaking with our, our, our principal, Jamin Christofferson, mm-hmm. a few days ago. We were on a trip together, and he mentioned uh, this as well. So I'm, I, I'm not sure who to give the credit to here. I think I've covered everybody that we've talked about with it. That if you're trying to form a habit, they have a two-minute rule. That even and, and this is this is okay beyond just a spiritual application, but it would work. Is that you start by doing whatever it is that you're wanting to do. Make sure you do it at least two minutes a day, every day, and never miss. And then through the process of continually doing it. Mm-hmm. Even though it's only two minutes a day, you are preparing your pattern for something that it's yeah. easier to expand the time once it's become a habit. Yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. That, Interesting. That, mm-hmm. So, so just just start it for two minutes a day. So, I'm, I'm, I want to I want to do more reading. Okay, read yeah. two minutes a day. Make sure that you do not go to bed right. without doing it. Or if you do it in bed, yes. do it in bed, but do not go to sleep. Bite size, right? Absolutely. And I have in in the in the chapter concerning prayer, um, which was great, by the way. One of the thank you. One of the one of the um, points that I make, well, three things about prayer: prayer must be consistent, uh, prayer must be focused, and prayer must be fervent. Mm. But that consistency, you know, I started it out with. 30 days make a habit. That's the yes. age old rule of thumb. It applies to all areas of life, like you're talking about. That, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes young, young people are all about networking, meeting, uh, communication, mm-hmm. on and on and on. If prayer is viewed in that way, rather than something to be endured, you know, but that like you're talking about the habit of prayer, getting into that consistency, 
and don't try to say, go, you know, go to a conference and somebody preached about prayer and I'm going to pray three hours a day or whatever. Don't start like that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but developing a consistency. Oh, yeah, yes. So mm-hmm. many uh, is so important. Yes. Hey, can I jump in here and ask you a question, uh, Pastor Morgan? So you have a chapter on respect, which is a topic that um, is not always written about. And most often it's talked about from a negative standpoint. Um, And I thought as I was just flipping through that chapter, you made some really good points about how if you want to be a young person that's successful, you need to be not only respectful to people, but you talk about respectability and the fact that you need to be operating in a way that people can respect you. Mm. I thought that was so good as a challenge instead of, you know, just saying, oh, you know, these young people nowadays don't respect anyone, which there's validation for that in a lot of areas. Uh, just talk a little bit about, you know, your your mindset around that chapter, because I thought it was really, really a, a, a nice challenge uh, to the young readers. Yes. So Paul writes to Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. Mm. And that doesn't mean that a young person can come up and says, well, it says right here, you cannot despise me and not you. Right. But you earn respect. Mm -hmm. Paul said, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. Mm -hmm. And so that's where a young person or anyone should develop that respectability by applying these principles, respecting mm-hmm. others, you know, deferring to others. And when respect is given, respect in most cases will be reciprocated. Yes. And uh, so it's not just about, uh, it's not just about, the negative impact of it or the not impact, but the negative side of things, but living a life um, with these particular attributes that Paul discusses right. that will cause others to, it's not demanding it in other words, but when mm-hmm. you live it, you will earn the respect of other people. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that gets to what you're asking. There. Yeah, that was very good. I just thought it was nice. Uh, and you do talk about, uh, you know, respecting, um, there was a section there about respecting, uh, items of historical significance. I thought it was so good. You know, wow. when it comes to cancel culture, bro. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> it may not mean anything to you, but in the grand scheme of our history, it means a lot. And, um, it's just, I thought it was some good stuff there. Uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about is, um, so you may not be a big gamer. I'll give that to you. Um, but I think the thing that sticks out to me, if you just read about gaming nowadays, it's become a business. It's not just about getting kids to play anymore, right? Mm-hmm. It's about getting them to spend their money. Wow. So if, and I'm sure if yeah, you go ahead and download Angry Birds on your iPhone and you will hardly play five minutes and you have no more birds to shoot across the map. And what does it ask you to do? Spend a dollar twenty-five or whatever the number is, mm-hmm. um, and I think this fits into what you were talking about with the pattern of not only can it can games be 
a huge time uh, vacuum. But nowadays, you have to think about the financial impacts and the poor financial practices that you can get into. Um, and I think overall, I think all of this stuff you've been writing about is so important to get not only time management, but financial management. And those two things are very important. I'm sure you would agree with that. Just one point on that too. I just punched it in. This is crazy. U.S. consumer spending on video game content, hardware, and accessories for last year, $56.6 billion. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's a business, boys. Yeah. Like if we could wow. develop a game and sell it to people, woo! Yeah. you might not buy it, but Jaron would, right? N- yeah. yeah. <laughs> With your credit card and yeah. your Apple ID. Yeah. That kind of happened the other day. We went to the to the to the barber. Mm-hmm. He gets out of the chair with a haircut and goes, "Hey, I don't have any cash, Dad." Oh, oh nicely yeah. played. Yeah, I like yeah. it. So he he probably wouldn't have the money to buy your game. So if you're thinking you're going to sell it to my son, he won't have the money to buy it. But these are principles that kids have to have in their brain, right? No, I'm not going to spend twenty dollars on this level in a game. Right? Where's that money going? It's just you're burning it, mm. right? Wow, $56 billion. That's from the Entertainment Software Association. So So in the introduction, it's interesting that you bring that up because that was the factor uh, that my dad dealt with in us uh, back in the 1980s. Um, And I start the book just so you'll feel better about the whole situation here. In the introduction, it says, I grew up in the 1970s and and 80s. I know that was a long time ago, ancient history. (laughs) But um, my dad didn't, and we had Donkey Kong, okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. And I mentioned that earlier in in Pac-Man. We didn't have it at home, but every convenience store, you know. So it was like what we would call an arcade game, where you walk in, you can put a dollar in sort of thing, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a quarter then. Yeah. <sighs> now you can just tap your phone on them and pay yeah. for them. <laughs> oh, yeah. So dad didn't mind us playing a quarter or maybe two. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were we were getting ready for a youth rally. We were in home missions in Kansas and getting ready for a rally or a fellowship meeting. Our family was preparing, getting ready for the service. Well, I decided I'm going to ride my bike down to the Philip 66 station, which is a couple of blocks away and get a candy bar or something. And while I go in, I hear the jingle of the Donkey Kong and it beckons to me. And uh, so I put a quarter in, I play. Well, the way it works is you get to a certain level and yeah. then the game ends. There it is. Mm-hmm. Right. You put another quarter in, you start where you finished. Off. Yes. You don't have to start over. Completely. <clears throat> so dad didn't mind if we did that once or twice, but beyond that was was not allowed in, in our life. Well, what I did not know is that my dad drove the car up and he was parked outside gassing up the vehicle for the, the trip to the rally and is watching me through the plate glass window as I slugged six quarters. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. And suddenly Ooh. I feel a strong hand on my arm and I'm whirled around with my dad in my face and he says, go home. I said, Dad, I'm in the middle of this game. That was the wrong thing to say. Uh, so he sent me home, and uh, 
that was the day that I learned that life is not a video game. Nah. Mm -hmm. Yes. But it was the financial aspect of it, really, at that point, you know, that uh, you brought that out, brought mm -hmm. that to mind. So, <laughs> I, I want to, and I mean, I, I wish time would permit, but yet they need to buy the book. So we don't, we don't want to drop all of the nuggets. That's right. Um, I would like for you to talk a bit more about the chapter um, where you talk about recognizing the voice of God. The, the, you tell a story in there um, about being an eight-year-old boy, feeling uh, the nudge to go invite someone to church. And you're, yes. you're building this off of the premise of uh, Samuel serving Eli and, and, and hearing the voice of God and, and yet thinking that it's the voice of the man of God. I, I think that is such an important chapter because somewhere between, and, and there's ditches on both sides of this road, but somewhere between God talking to people all the time about everything, every natural human instinct and desire and impulse that they may have and them ascribing that to God. God spoke to me. <laughs> and running clear to the other side that God's not speaking no more. Yeah. There's a balance. Yes. And I think as a young person, it's very, 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 very important. So thank you for including that in there, that they learn how to do so. Yes, that is important. And Samuel did not just think it was Eli. He was convinced mm -hmm. it was Eli. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm. He, he was with Eli every day. Mm -hmm. He knew what so Eli's good. voice sounded like. So good. And he was his assistant, basically. And even as a child, and three times he heard this voice. Three times he was convinced. And um, the beginning of that chapter, I, I have a little blurb at the beginning of each chapter, and on this one in particular, it says, God can speak to you in a variety of ways. If, however, you are unwilling to hear the voice of God through the preaching of his word by your pastor, it is unlikely <laughs> that he will speak to you through any other means. Well, Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Drop the hammer, Rev. Yeah. <laughs> so first things first, we've got to... That's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, because... it's got to be in order. God well, and, and it has things. to be verifiable. My dad, and, and obviously this is biblical as well, but I can remember this resonating with me. If God's ever speaking to you, it'll never be in contradiction with the word. It'll never be in contradiction with your pastor. That's right. It's line upon line mm -hmm. in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Because, mm -hmm. man, by ourselves, we can come up with some crazy. Yep. But God has been ascribed with some stuff. You hear me? He has said yes. some whacked out stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old God. I don't man. know if I'm I don't know if I'll make it myself, thus saith the Lord. Yes. <laughs> That's great, yes. <laughs> and I, I address that too on page 88. Uh, before you act upon something you feel is from God, ask yourself these questions. Is what I am feeling in alignment with the word of God? Mm. is what I am feeling in alignment with the teaching of my pastor. 
If it does not pass those two tests, it is not the voice of God. Wow. Okay, so you're right there. I'm looking at the book right now. And you reference um, Brother Billy Cole talking about recognizing the voice of God. And you mention in there, and that is so, it's so good, that if the feeling that comes to me is big and boisterous, it's not likely to be the voice of God because his normal pattern of speaking is a still, small hmm. voice, well, gentle entreatment. Yes. That is it's good stuff. Yeah. Mm. Now, now, Brother Cole, what he was bringing out is that, and, and that's absolutely accurate, uh, what you just stated. Um, you know, how God speaks to you um, may be different than the way he speaks to me. And I think a lot of that is, and, and we could get in the weeds here, I guess, if we're not careful, but um, I had a dream and I won't get into the details of it, but just to make this point, my father was in the dream mm -hmm. and uh, I couldn't understand why he was in this setting. And then after pondering it, I realized that the only representation of a visible father that I know is the natural father that I yes. had. Yes. God is our father. Yes. And in that dream, of course, my dad was deceased already when I had the dream. But in that dream, what I saw in my father was a representation of, of God, our father. And mm -hmm. so um, Brother Cole's point that he was making was for him particularly, that was the way. And I've found that as well. Mm -hmm. Just a gentle nudge. Just mm -hmm. a, a, I know it is. And, and development of that doesn't come over short amount of time this is over years of sure of communication with the almighty god and what i try to bring out also in this chapter and it was somewhat difficult to write because it's hard to communicate these types of concepts if if i was not looking at you today in our conversation i would still know it was you brother mckillop because i know what your voice sounds like yes mm, right and the more communication that we have with god mm -hmm. the more yes. we That's recognize right. this mm -hmm. is god absolutely and I, and i think um, again not not time does not permit to really uh, that that that's why i brought this particular subject and chapter up so vitally important that young people learn how to differentiate between personal desires and ambitions and what they would what they desire to have and and I'm not talking that that's carnal I'm talking it's something that you're praying about it's something that you when when you hear preaching on consecration and commitment and 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 boy it just challenges you if you're not careful you can hear quote unquote god because it's it's hard to differentiate between was that me or was that God? Because your your sincere desire to do something for God can have you hearing something. So you really do have to have those checks and balances like what you talk about in here. Does does it align with what my man of God is saying? Does it align with what the yes. word of God is saying? You have to have those. You cannot trust your own interpretation of is this God without at least two or three other confirmations that are coming. 
there's definitely got to be that filter. The scripture says uh, there are many voices and none of them are without signification. Yes. They're all significant. Yes. And especially a young minister, a, a young man that's feeling the call to preach. There's so much just at the click of a button, mm. you know, that they can mm -hmm. lock into and hear that voice as it speaks into their life. And we open our spirits up to those things, uh, these voices. It's, it's absolutely essential. It's got to align with the word of God and it must align with the voice of your man of God. Yeah. Um, a voice that is heard and it's not in alignment with the man of God and a young man begin to follow after that because of whatever reason, you know, we can, I remember being a young man and being so um, enamored. If I could use that word with preachers, I've always loved preachers. And, uh, but if, but if that statement doesn't align with the doctrine of my man of God, if I follow after that, then I'm, uh, setting myself up for disaster. Yeah, you are. Those filters uh, must be always in place. So I guess the biggest question of the day is, if we want the book, what do we do? Well, you can you can email me, mm -hmm. um, revhmorgan at gmail.com. Excellent. You can also go to our church website. I don't know if you can put that up or if I need to. Yeah, I can, I can spit that out and we'll put that in the, the show notes as well. So people will get that, but that's first Pentecostal sulfur.com. Uh, right. They can... And then it's also available through the WPF bookstore. Mm -hmm. I feel I've seen it on there. That. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Life is not a video game. Go get it. Incredible. Read it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've only, only tapped into three or four really of the, yeah, of the subject matters, respect, mm -hmm. habit forming, prayer, um, this last bit of discussion on deciphering what the Word of God or the voice of God really is. But I promise you, if you're a pastor, your young people need to read this. Um, we're going to be promoting this to the best of our ability. Mm -hmm. we, want, we want this to get into the hands of as many apostolic young people as possible. Um, one thing before we close, Brother Morgan, is there anything that didn't make the cut? You know, I would like to say that I'm, I've been overwhelmed uh, with gratitude and and Thanksgiving. What's the point of writing a book if it just stays in boxes in my office yeah, or right. goes on somebody's bookshelf and is never read? Right. Um, I, I just made a few notes of people that have reached out to me. Uh, there is a church in Colorado that's using this for small group discussion in their church. There's a pastor in California that ordered over 100 copies that that's so all of his young people could have, have one. Uh, one in Georgia, a pastor in Georgia, and if I called these names, you brethren would know who they are, but we won't do that. He's requiring his youth to write a report on this book after they read it and turn it into him. Hmm. Um, family devotions, youth Sunday school curriculum, youth service information. I've just been overwhelmed. Elders reaching out to me, young people reaching out hmm. to me. I'm, I, I, I'm just thankful to God that it's getting into the hands and hopefully into the hearts yeah. of young people. I Absolutely. believe it has the potential to catapult them into usefulness in the kingdom of God. Wow. So thank you for this opportunity today, Brother McKillop. Well, as a pastor, I thank you. And as, as a parent, 
um, I, I thank you. It's this. This is what every apostolic young person mm-hmm. needs. We've got to get content into their hands, and and this is this is class A material. So thank you for being with us today, um, Pastor Morgan. We really, really do appreciate it. You said briefly that is going to be coming out uh, in our pre in our pre uh, show discussion, coming out in audio format. And digital. That's correct. Yes, sir. So, And let me drop this. I've got another thought that's working around in my brain. And uh, hopefully by next summer, I'll have another uh, book out more specifically for young ministers. Awesome. And uh, that's that's all I'll say at this point. That's awesome. Come on. You can't give any more of a teaser than that. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> he's just basically inviting himself back yeah, that's, yeah, that's, there it is. that's what it is <laughs> hey we love you my friend and yes, really do appreciate you coming on today love you very much thank you brother god bless you